If you'd like to follow the reading in the Pew Bibles, it's on page 1237, and it's Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, the scroll and the Lamb. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which was the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language, and people, and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They circled the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our theme this week has been the sound of music, as you've seen. And so we've been looking at some of the songs from the Bible. We looked at three psalms, 19, 73 and 23. In Psalm 19, the astronomer's song, 
we saw that all creation declares God's glory and everyone hears it. And we should look to the Bible to find out more. And we saw the Apollo astronauts were so overwhelmed by what they saw in space that some of them turned to the Lord from from going on their trip. And then we saw in Psalm 73, which is the song about almost tripping up, almost falling over, because people get so jealous of other people in the world who appear to do well and yet don't follow God and do everything wrong. But we saw that's a silly thing to be jealous of them because everyone will face God's judgment. And unless we are forgiven by Jesus, who is the judge, it's going to be a a dreadful thing. So why be jealous of people who are living for the wrong things? And in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd song that we all know so well, we saw that the shepherd goes ahead. He goes ahead of his sheep to prepare the way. And he's especially close to us in those dark times. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, today's song is the song of heaven. And we're delving into the book of Revelation. Some would say that this is the most obscure and controversial book of the whole Bible. But I hope that we'll see today it has much to teach us about God and how we live as his followers. And Revelation comes with its own blessing and a warning. Now the warning is at the end of the book and it makes preaching from this book a daunting task. But let's just read the blessing this morning. Would you like to just turn back a page to to chapter 1? And verse 3. And we find these words. Chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Because the time is near. Well, it's two blessings really. One for Rob, who read it out loud. Thanks, Rob. The Lord bless you. And one for anyone who hears it and takes it to heart. So there's a blessing here for you if you take to heart what it says. And we're given the reason for that blessing. It's because the time is near. Now, as we read it, do you think the time was near? It doesn't seem near, all these things seem a long way away, but as we look at this chapter, we're gazing into heavenly things that will happen. And our lives will whiz by before we know it. And then what? Well, Revelation tells us about the then what. It's a book of prophecy, it tells us about God, it tells us about future judgment, and it tells us about future blessing. And it does this with poetry and images that are confusing if we don't know what they mean. But don't worry, I hope to avoid most of the complexity. And if you find anything too confusing, then speak to me afterwards. So let me start by asking you this. As Rob read through chapter 5, did you wonder why John says in verse 4, 
that he wept and wept. Let me read it again. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Did it puzzle you why John found that so upsetting? Well, I hope before we finish you'll see why he was so upset. But first, let me give you my three points. You knew I had three, didn't you? You've already had the introduction, so here are the three points. Point one is the throne of heaven. Let's set the scene of what we're looking at. Point two is the scroll and the lamb. Let's look at the detail. And point three, why was John so upset? It'll help us see the significance of these events in our lives. Okay, so point one, the throne of heaven. We are looking into the throne room, the place where God rules over heaven and the earth. And chapter 4 describes this. It tells us God is encircled by four living beings and by 24 elders, each wearing a golden crown. It's the elders of heaven seated in the royal court of God. And surrounding them are millions and millions of worshipping angels. Now, I don't know how you're doing with picturing this. I find this hard to picture sometimes. We have four living beings <coughs> in the inner circle around God's throne. And they're encircled by 24 elders. And the entire scene is surrounded by myriads and myriads of angels. There is order. There is a circle within a circle and surrounded by countless angels. But what I want you to notice is that the entire focus of every heavenly being is on the magnificence of God. And John tells us there are jewels and blazing lights, a rainbow, lightning and loud thunder, all of which explain to us something of the majesty of God. This is not a Downing Street cabinet meeting. It's not a divided parliament. It's not even a royal wedding service with dignitaries and royalty from around the world. No, this is a celebration that goes on day and night. And we're told that it starts with the inner circle, the four living creatures, who never stop saying, we're in chapter 4 and verse 8, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. These living creatures are caught up with God's eternal being. He always was. He still is, day and night. And he forever will be holy and worthy of all worship. And the 24 elders surrounding them respond to this declaration by laying down their crowns before the creator of everything. Chapter 4, verse 11 you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. For all creation bows down to God the Creator. Holy, holy, holy is he. And that's the focus of chapter 4. It's all about God's majesty. Yesterday, today and forever, God is holy and worthy of praise. 
from the creation that he has created and made and sustains. There is a continual sense of celebration in the magnificence of the splendour of God's presence. But then chapter 5 brings into sharp focus a significant future event. In all of the unfolding history of creation, there is an event about to happen. Our eyes are brought to focus on one thing. In all the magnificence of flaming light, thunder and lightning, rainbow-coloured beams, worshipping elders and living creatures and millions of angels, is a scroll. And we've already arrived at point two, the scroll and the lamb. God is holding a scroll full of writing in it. But it can't be read because it's sealed with seven seals. The scroll contains the divine announcement of the consummation of all history. How things will ultimately end for all people. Judgment for the world and a final reward for the saints. And a mighty angel shouts out a challenge for anyone to come forth who is worthy to open the great scroll and its seals. All creation in heaven and earth and under the earth stands motionless and speechless. It's like time is frozen. But no one comes forward. No one has the authority and virtue for such a task. No one is worthy to open this scroll. Who is going to unravel the future? But no one steps up to open the document. No one has the authority to unseal any of the seals. And John is distraught. He weeps and weeps. And this isn't one of those occasions where John himself could step up to the mic and step up to the mark and say, "Here am I. I'll do it." Like uh, the brave David did with Goliath. Now John is a bystander in a heavenly court where every heavenly being bows before God's holiness. He is here to witness how the heavenly court will finally end this age. He can take no part. He can only watch and record what happens. And as we saw, the delay is only temporary. The elders know what's about to happen. And one of them turns to John and tells him what all the assembled assembled heavenly beings already know. Don't cry. There's one here who is fully qualified to open the scroll. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, and he has triumphed. He's won the right and is authorised to open the scroll and its seven seals. No one else can. And then John notices something he hadn't seen before. In the shining majesty of the throne is a lion of Judah, the conquering king, the promised Messiah, the one who had fought the battle and triumphed and is now in total command. And yet he looks like a lamb that's been slaughtered. Here is Jesus of Nazareth. He has the authority to unlock the scroll, to break the seven seals, because he has triumphed through his death on the cross. Now, if you find some of this hard to imagine, if you find it hard to... What what are you looking at here? That's because you're not supposed to think of the actual animals here but to see the significance of what they represent. 
For me, when I'm thinking of this, I find it most helpful not to picture any animals at all, but to see Jesus himself standing in the centre of the throne. He is the all-conquering lion who won the fight over sin and death by his sacrificial death at the hands of a cruel Roman crucifixion. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You might think of Jesus standing, showing the marks of his death in his hands and his feet, but no longer wearing a crown of thorns to mock him. But now he's wearing his crown of King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's standing in the centre of the throne of God. He is God. And he's also the man, Jesus of Nazareth. And the seven horns and the seven eyes or seven spirits of God sent out into all the world are symbols of the Holy Spirit of God. Here is God, Father, Son and Spirit on the throne being worshipped. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And then something happens which starts the hymn singing. It isn't an announcement. Our next song this morning is, You Are Worthy, Let's Stand and Sing. No, this is a spontaneous response to Jesus taking the scroll out of the Father's hand. And the Greek word here for take depicts a dramatic event. You could translate this as, He went up and took it, and now he has it. And the inner two circles surrounding the throne, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, start singing this new song of heaven. We're in chapter 5 and verse 9. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them into a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Well, the words of the song tell us something about the scroll. Jesus can take the scroll because his blood has bought men for God. His sacrifice qualifies him to buy people from every tribe, language, people and nation of the world and to transform them into a new kingdom which will serve God on the earth. And these people will rule over the earth as they serve God. It's the start of the new heaven and earth. And Jesus is the only one who can usher it in by his sacrificial death. It's a new song. It's a new start for the world where God will be worshipped by people who have been saved by Jesus from every tribe, language, people and nation. And notice where it happens. It'll happen on the earth. Not this broken earth that we are so conscious of, but a new restored earth. And at this point, the outer circle of millions of angels join in with the chorus. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And then John hears every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. All of creation has now joined in the song of heaven. It spilled out from its heavenly court beyond the myriads of worshipping angels 
all of creation is caught up with praise for Jesus, who has earned this praise, honour, glory and power, wealth, wisdom and strength, because he's the Lamb of God. Now we haven't got time this morning to to go through exactly how this happens, how things unfold in the breaking of the seven seals and the righteous judgment of God being enacted with all of Jesus' attributes. Chapters 4 and 5 just give us a little peek into how the end of this age will come. Jesus will take the scroll at the right time and things will then unfold as described in subsequent chapters. But let's just look at point three. Why was John so upset when no one appeared able to open the scroll? Why is that even mentioned? Well, we're given a clue in verse eight. Did you notice that as the four living creatures and the 24 elders start the new song, they have musical instruments? and golden bowls of incense. Now the harps that it speaks of will be typical of the musical instruments used for singing the the psalms in Old Testament times. Psalm 33, for example, says, Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Here we might think of it today as the instruments in the band. We might think of the guitar, the piano, The violin, the children crying, (laughs) the flute, the way that we we bring out uh, our praise to God in our services today. So although it's a new song, just like the old Psalms, the inner circle of heavenly beings also played musical instruments. This may be an encouragement to our musicians that their musical offerings on this earth will be echoed in the celebration in the next which maybe will be even better than the songs we had this morning, if you, if you can imagine that's possible. But you can't picture these things too literally. We're in Revelation here. How can they play a musical instrument while also holding a golden bowl of incense in the other hand, which is described as the prayers of the saints? So clearly prayer and music are combined in this offering of praise. But you know, the prayers mentioned here are not Christians joining in with the praise for God's holiness and worthiness. No, the bowls are full of the petitions of the saints. The word translated prayers means intercessions or pleas for God to hear them. So why would John mention saints on earth as petitioning God? Well, if you've got your Bibles open, if you'd like to just skip on a page to chapter 6 and verse 10, we hear this. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, Until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Well, these words are from the martyrs calling out to God 
in a loud voice for his judgment on those who had killed them. These prayers are for God to avenge the blood of the martyred Christians, calls for God to judge the world and to extend his justice upon the world. And that desperate plea for God to act and to take vengeance appears to be, at least in part, why John was weeping. You see, the scroll contains the announcement of the culmination of history. God will judge the world and install his chosen people in a new, renewed, righteous earth. And for a moment, it looked like it wouldn't happen. Injustice would triumph and nobody would be called to account. Some of us carry a great sense of injustice on our shoulders. We cringe at some of the paltry sentences handed out in our own courts. And even more so at the outrageous injustices carried out elsewhere in the world. Not least that humble Christians lose freedom, reputation, jobs, homes, and many of them lose their lives just because they are following Jesus. John is comforted from his sorrow when he sees that the king will put everything right. One day he will exercise justice and every wrong will be righted. It will be justice with mercy because he's willing and able to save everyone who repents of their sinful ways and turns to him for forgiveness. Jesus will judge the world and those who resist him will be banished forever and those who put their trust in him will reign forever in his new kingdom on the earth. And that's what they're celebrating with this song of heaven. It's an amazing insight into something yet to come. And the blessing is for those who hear these things and take it to heart because the time is near. Well, if you're still sitting on the fence, if you're putting off the day when you surrender your plans over to Jesus if you're yet to bow down before his majesty, then John's message to you today is this, a day is coming. A day of justice, where only those who have made peace with God by the Lamb of God, only those who have been forgiven for their rebellion and sin, will be welcomed into the new heaven and the new earth. This is the day which all creation is waiting for, a day of complete justice, when a new song will be sung to honour God for who he is and what he has done to save creation from destruction. On that day, you'll need to have received the free gift of salvation. The rose bush that doesn't cost you a penny It's no good coming with your bags full of stuff, the good deeds that you've accumulated throughout your life. Even the best deeds of your life won't protect you from God's pure justice. Only in Jesus will you be safe. And you'll be totally safe in his care. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped.
This is the message of the book of Revelation. Blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Let's pray. Lord, we read these things and find them hard to fully understand, hard to picture. So we ask you please to give us ears to hear, minds to understand, hearts to respond to you today. Because the time is near. And we can't afford to wait any longer. You know us well and love us deeply. Please meet us today. And make us ready for that day. Amen.